We are live. Welcome to a special episode of In the Know, where we are discussing the best team in the Western Conference, perhaps the best team in the league, perhaps the best team in all of history in the universe and space-time continuum. Mason Ginsburg, what is it like being a blogger, reporter, tweeter, podcaster for <laughs> the first seed in the Western Conference? Have you ever been able to say that at any significant portion of your um, you know, I guess Pelicans coverage career. No, sadly, <laughs> sadly. like they were what? Like the year after the playoff, the, the year after the most recent playoff series, they were, uh, I think they started four and out and that was cool. And then like, that was the AD trade season. So all shit hit the fan. Um, but no, I mean, it's been like, I was, I was in college when the Pelicans that were, were, um, you know, good with he who shall not be named, and I'm sure will be named in this podcast. But um, that person, <laughs> yeah, that person. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's fun, fun times right now, and uh, I don't fault anybody for in, enjoying it. You know, it's not that hasn't been a, a, a typical thing for our for our team. So I'm, I'm having a blast. How about you? I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know if I should go fight on Twitter or should celebrate. Like it is. You know, people like, oh, act like you've been there. First of all, that's the dumbest thing I've heard in my life. <laughs> One, never act like you've been here. Any kind of joy you can get out of your life, you should celebrate it to yeah. the max because you don't know what's going to happen, right? Two, I haven't been here. How do you expect <laughs> me to know how to act? Nope. Not one time. So, I mean, forgive me. Forgive me if I'm if I'm finding myself. Um, but, you know, honestly, honestly, I don't care um, so much so about what others have to say on that. I'm just very happy that we are in this situation discussing a very good basketball team, and uh, we have a lot to run through regarding that basketball team. But let's start with the first and foremost topic. Player of the week, Zion Williamson, 33 points a game, 70% from the field, which is absolutely absurd. Uh, Mr. Apex Predator himself. What have you to say about his performance over this past week? And not just this past week. You know, they've won seven straight, so – yeah, they haven't lost a game in a minute. Yeah, I mean, it was – look, he, he had a really good case to win it the week before. He was the only only undefeated team of, of those guys. I mean, Booker and Booker and AD and Zion were the three tied top candidates the prior week. And uh, they gave it to AD. Numbers are better, I guess. Um, the, the, the the record wasn't, but – um, man, he's been he's been incredible. Um, you you can't say enough. He's a one man wrecking crew. Um, the guy, <laughs> it's it's just a joy to watch. I mean, he's finally coming into his own. I think you could see there's a little bit of rust to start the year, obviously. So, but I, I think the the most exciting part to me, beyond just all the breathtaking um, plays, the minutes. He's playing a ton of minutes, and he's. He's handling it like all these questions about, uh, you know, his weight and his stamina, his, his, his overall, you know, health and, and nutrition and whatever you want to call it. He's 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 on the floor. He is playing and, you know, he, he's he's playing so long. Like, even earlier in the season, he was playing more shorter bursts, kind of like when they were easing him back in from injury. That's not the case anymore. He's playing very long stretches now and handling it with with ease almost, it seems like. So that that's what I'm most excited about is his his. His stamina, his you know, his conditioning, and, and it's it's back. It's or it's better than ever, actually. He's he's finding a way to dig deep on the defensive end as well. You know, there there's moments 
where Willie Green simply cannot take him off the floor. You know, he'll take him off for a minute. The other team goes in the run. It's like, actually, I was planning on subbing you in two minutes from now, but you got to get back in there because we need you out there. And it, it's it's been unbelievable to see because I, I think what, what's, you know, we, we touched upon it the last podcast. We talked about the hierarchy forming, the fact that he has to, he's had to earn it a little bit, but he, I, I think there's a hierarchy forming, not just within this team, but like you can sort of see this player burge, burgeoning or blossoming, you know, let's use that word instead, uh, into one of the league's best players. And and I, I think everybody is taking notice. Everyone around the league is watching and seeing what is happening with the New Orleans Pelicans, Willie Green, Zion Williamson, what the front office has been able to do, the way they've extended their vets. Um, everybody is watching. And and pretty soon, this is going to be a team that that others look at and want to be a part of, if not already. You know, players players talk, and, and, and players are good friends, and words travel. And in the NBA, good vibes and, and good times don't last very long for, for a lot of teams. Um, and there's, there's players on other teams right now who are – Perhaps not where they want to be. The Wizards have lost nine of their last 10. Nine of their last 10. The Raptors are in a pretty miserable place. Obviously, the, the Lakers, bottom of the standings um, with respect to <laughs> where they are. A lot, of, a lot of upheaval in the league, and, and, and there's a lot of chaos. Obviously, the season's still young, but people are taking note of the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, and I'm not going to say, like, Zion's put them on the map, right? Because this is a team that put in the work last year made themselves known by like earning that playoff spot uh and and all of that you know that was a time where where you saw an outpouring of support for willie green from the players um and and a lot of players get on twitter and talk about how this type of coach that they want to play for and that's the type of coach that they can rally behind well what do you think they're saying now and 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 what do you think they're i can't hear you anymore you're on mute buddy I'm just, it's just like a work call. Um, <laughs> I, I said, I, what I was saying is that I, um, you know, you know what the players are saying now and, and you, you specifically heard it. You got that. You, I mean, you talked to Larry about it. I mean, you basically, what was, what was the comment that like, if, if he, if Willie's out there, you know, you know, the other side's wrong. I mean, like that's, that's all you got to know about Willie Green. Yeah. And, and, and it's, and it's unbelievable to, to watch happen in real time. And man, I mean, what I, I think, a lot of us, and I think the players have said it, um, we're running out of words to sort of describe what, what Zion's doing. And you never want to get to the point where you take that stuff for granted because that, you know, not only does a player like Zion come around once in his generation, but, you know, it, it's a great privilege to be able to watch all of this unfold um, in, in front of us and go through that growth with him. And And I think what we've seen from him this year the fact, you know, in, in these last seven games, he's had moments where he senses blood and and he sees the other team either like rushing to, to make a momentum play or uh, he sees the game balance like teetering and he goes and snatches that game and and completely turns it on his head in a series of like two or three plays. And, and, and how he's invested himself in terms of like the emotions he's showing um he's like rallying the, like the crowd he's he's firing that dunk let's talk about that dunk right I, that was an, an outpouring of of 570 days of frustration plus more 
um, you know, all all into one moment, that culmination of of, of all of that. And and yeah, man, it I think I think it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. I mean, I so I and the way he's doing it too, um, I will like I I, I probably made some mistakes in, in some of my comments around the closing lineups against these against the Suns these last two games. And like I I, I need to like just throw everything like to the wind when Zion's playing basketball because I was like, well, they could create more spacing for Zion on the floor here to close out this game and and still be just as just as formidable defensively. And like it doesn't matter. Like like you've got you've got these guys in the like Larry Nance and Najee Marshall have been playing fantastically, but they're neither of them are consistent three point shooters and defenses are not are just gonna let them shoot. And it and it didn't matter. Like Zion just did what Zion does and they were swarming defensively. And they, they didn't they didn't need that much. It's I mean take it all the way back to the Stephen Adams days. Zion was still able to just score at will even with him on the floor, and it's just continuing. I mean like as as teams get more tape on Zion and able to kind of scheme for him more, it just again it doesn't matter. He's a cheat code. He does whatever he wants, um, and it's good to see him starting to get a little bit more benefit. Um, I feel like the officiating has been better over the last couple of weeks too, and that's helped obviously. But um, there's just nothing you can throw at him to just consistently slow him down. Yeah, I, a player who is playing at this level is a very forgiving cushion. You know, you, you you can do a lot of things and they are going to carry you despite what you are doing. And and what I think what the Pelicans are doing is the opposite of that. They are slowly, they're not stumbling into success here. Everything has been purposeful. Everything has been through design yeah you know we still complain about some Devonte graham minutes but they're winning they've got they've won seven straight games and if you're able to play all of your players and still win you know we got no right to complain about that but that's the regards, vibes that's how you keep the positive vibes the guys playing yeah like that. And, and 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 with, with with regards to you know what they've done to to build with zion to build zion himself and and, and to kind of fill in the pieces around it they've they've done it the right way and and you know, the, the JJ Reddick podcast, he had a little segment. He had a really nice segment. If you haven't checked it out, um, do go listen to him talking about Zion and the Pels and um, in the last few ducks. But he basically, in, in summary, he talked about like, you know, Stan Van Gundy and now Willie Green have both stumbled, not stumbled, but they have discovered that point Zion is this force that changes everything. And And, and JJ goes to talk about how he was the beneficiary of point Zion, especially the two man game that they used to run where they used to set screens for him and, and it would just be annihilation at the rim. And then he, he gave a, a, a series of stats, like, you know, like in the first 15 games, Zion only brought the ball up like a hundred times in the last seven games, he's done it like 170 times. Yeah. And, you know, they talk about the, like how the screen and roll usage has increased for Zion and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and we're, and, and we've kept track of that stuff too, right? Like I look at the drives per game and, and, you know, over the, the last like nine or so games, he is like what fourth or fifth or sixth in drives per game and third in, in the number of points generated through those drives. It's, he is becoming, and they are using him like a lead guard. And, and when they have an advantage creator of that level, well, what you really need is, is dudes who are, A, going to, like, clamp defensively because because you got to have uh, units that can get stops. But, B, you got to have versatile players who can dribble past shoot. And the shoot part is last, right? Because Zion is going to put so much pressure at the rim no matter what. Um 
that he's going to get there and his efficiency is probably going to remain around the same. But what players have to be able to do is create cracks or take the cracks that he creates and like fully explode them and, and have the walls of the dam come down. And so like when you, when you look at a player like Najee Marshall, who's just been absolutely excellent so uh, in, in, in the last few games, when, when Zion's breaking the defense um, and they kick out to Najee, one, he's been shooting at an adequate level. Like he's made enough threes to where is, is what you need, you know, out of, out of the wings around him. But two, when, when those closeouts are coming, or even if they're not coming, uh, you know, you're running in transition, or when that kickout happens, he can put the ball on the floor, get to the rim, get to the foul line. Zion's going to put you halfway to the bonus or in the bonus by himself anyway. Can 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 the rest of your players take advantage of that and carry you carry you the rest of the way? And 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 Najee's played his role. Um, Larry's played his role. Uh, Dyson has has played his role. Jose's has had huge moments, and and now CJ is slowly coming along. And in in the middle of that, you know, Jonas has had his ups and downs too. Uh, so it's it's not just one player each night. It's it's all of these players figuring out where 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 they fit in. Uh, with regards to this, but also just figuring out a way to not just fit in, but truly like maximize, um, you know, their impact based off of the singular gravitational pull this guy has. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it, again, I, I, I can't speak highly enough about the guys kind of towards the end of the rotation and how they played this year and, and just remained ready and, 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 you know, Najee and Devontae Graham. And it's been, it's been very impressive because uh, Willie Green has been able to kind of, ride the hot hand. And when I say hot hand, I obviously don't mean like the best players on the team, but like those kind of fifth, sixth, seventh men uh, who have been, you know, asked to step up a bit and play a bigger role with Herb out and with BI out. Willie's been able to go with the guy who's been, who's been, who's on the floor producing. And last season, I feel like he did that sometimes almost to a fault and, and rode, rode the hot hand from some of the, 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 the rotation players, kind of the, um, you know, got a little bit down the rotation and um, it would come back to bite you because some of those players just weren't, you know, it wasn't sustainable, but this year it, it has been, I mean, you know, Trey Murphy had a rough couple of games, Willie Green stuck with Najee and Najee rewarded, rewarded him. And he was, you know, he was excellent. And so I think, you know, credit to the, the again, the coaching staff to Willie Green, that, that's how you, that's how you kind of create this culture and create this trust. And like, you know, myself specifically can, I can, I've called out thing. I, I call out concerns I've had about, you know, his decisions to stick with certain guys or, or you know, not make, subs that seem to optimize the, the you know the rotation or the, or the roster or whoever's on the floor at the time but he's making the right decisions like he is like the, the players who are who are he's rewarding players for playing quality basketball for playing high iq smart basketball on both sides and he should continue to do that i mean i i think the pelicans have proven that the players down the roster down the rotation have proven that they're you know they're playing the right way they know their roles and they're maximizing their that you know their roles and you know, it's, 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 it's paying dividends across. You can see from the winning streak. You, you talk about like optimizing stuff literally in the beginning of the season, there were several games, right? They had end of quarter, end of half um, moments where there was a dead ball and they were on offense. They could have subbed shooters in and they didn't, right. They were, they weren't making any of those situational um, substitutions. And now Willie Green, he seems to, seems to be hunting those moments. Any, any opportunity he gets this past end of the game, they had a moment uh, Raptor, uh, not the Raptors. The Suns were at the at the free throw line, and and he subbed in a rebounder. He subbed in Jonas there, and it's like, well, like we literally complained about that um, two months ago, and it's like, yo, you probably could have subbed rebounders in those type of situations. You just don't know if they miss or not. You know, you gotta you gotta eke every advantage that you have, 
and 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 they've been doing that every single um process complaint that i had uh has been has been a, largely addressed right i i don't have any issues with with the process anymore and uh man i i gotta i gotta figure out what what they're gonna do now and when they start bringing some of these players back uh but before we get into that uh i want to i want to eat crow i want to eat crow on Najee marshall i i really thought you know um i thought he wasn't going to be a part of the rotation this year i thought any minutes invested in him over dyson would be a waste of time i was like just he's not going to be a part of the future uh, he, you know, he, he's someone that's probably going to like price himself out of the, the Pelicans contract range. If he doesn't remain a minimum level player and why, why invest in that guy when, when you have the eighth pick, who's able to do a lot of those same things. And, uh, to Mr. To Mr. Najee Marshall, I apologize. You have been absolutely tremendous this year. Uh, man, the, the way he's played defense, the way he's been, um, a secondary playmaker at times, you know, he's had a, a number of games where he's recorded five, six assists, uh, just being able to uh, plug him in and have him do whatever you, whatever it is you need him to do, whether it's to go uh, pick a fight with the, <laughs> with the opponent, um, but really to, you know, like defend, defend some of their best players, make life difficult for them, provide those energy plays, him and Jose, the way this team looks at those two guys, um, as as their teammates to to for energy, um, just just type of characters that they are. I I was really wrong about the level of impact that he could have, um, both on the court and off the court, and and I wouldn't want those two guys going anywhere. Though, like they they are the very fabric of of what defines the type of team this is, um, and 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 the rest of the team, the stars, really feed off of that. And and you need those kind of guys on your team, and and those are the type of players that we have long searched. We've searched for all kinds of players. Let's be honest; this has been a not a good basketball club for <laughs> for a long time. But yeah. in the in the brief moments that it was a good basketball club, those were you know those those um those They're dogs. Missing. Yeah, yeah it just mm-hmm. they didn't have them. Like the the only the only person that kind of like came close to that mentality was Rondo, <laughs> right? Yeah. They, they had Rondo who was picking fights with Zach Collins mm-hmm. in the playoff series um, and, and not standing for any of this stuff. But uh, when you, you know, when you look at instigators, when you look at um, like big time energy guys, like who, who was it? Solomon Hill kind of counted kind of. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. I mean, he's, I feel like he's more of a quiet leader uh, a lot of times, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to think of one. Um, I don't have a good answer. I mean, the first time we tried to find a guy like that, it just it it, it blew up in our faces. Like, uh, um, what was it? Who was it? Um, in uh, in two thousand eight, who this the mid level exception signing? Um, two thousand eight, James Posey. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. James Posey. <laughs> See? Like that's that's how far back I'm going here to try to figure this out. Like, I don't know, Bonzi Who's that Wells. Bird, Rel? Like Bonzi Wells, I don't know. <laughs> not, no yeah, idea. it's tough. You know, those it, are just it, name it, drops it, for the guy who, who said that we're all became fans six months ago of the team. I just wanted to prove, prove a point there. But anyway. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Um <laughs> anyways, uh you know, br- bringing the conversation back back to the players, and and so they announced Herb Jones is going to be available for for this Utah game coming up, and what a what an amazing luxury it is 
to have one of the league's best defenders be coming back to your team after you've won seven straight. Um, you've had the league's best defense in that stretch, I believe. They're a top top three defense overall for the season. Um, and now you're getting one of the league's best defenders back. And if I'm Willie Green, boy, I am happy. I don't have to make the decision on how to get everybody these minutes because of how well Najee's been playing, how well Dyson's been so playing. Um, like, do you... I think you have to because Herb's been the starter. Do you just do you, do you can do you just start Herb and then bring Dyson off the bench wherever where you can do it, or do you just stick with what's been rolling in the, in this like these this win streak where it's been the Dyson CJ Trey, um, you know Zion lineups, and then you kind of bring in Herb off off the bench. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. Yeah, I I it's nice to feel like. Either, either option is a good option, right? I feel like so many times because of the Pelicans not being as good, there was a clear right answer and if there, or to us. And if the right answer was not, uh, you know, the one that was actually out there, it was just like raising hell about it and, and just bitching and complaining. But I, whatever he wants to do at this point, you won seven straight, you're making all the right calls, pulling all the right strings. I, look, these guys are going to all play in different situations anyway throughout throughout the course of the game. Um, there's going to be very different lineups that, that throw in. We've already seen, we, we've seen over the last couple of games that it, the, the spacing element is not. It's going to be important throughout. I don't want to just I don't want to throw it away. Like spacing is going to be important, especially as this team plays more games that matter. But right now, Zion's just wrecking defenses regardless, and so I don't really care if it's Di- not the Dyson's a force racer. I don't care if it's Dyson or Herb. I want to do whatever you know you know it's is best for. Willie thinks is best for this team. That's really that's really it. They're both going to play, and yeah, the Nashi thing is, is is stressful to me because that he deserves minutes. Uh, he's got to play. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what you do. <laughs> just maybe, maybe you just like you got to blow out teams and then get get let the fourth quarter be. Uh, it's like the old Golden State Warriors teams. Let the fourth yeah. quarter be. There. I, I mean, I, I think the the first place to start with minutes is is I think. I think you do have to reduce those Devontae minutes, and and he's been yeah. play, he's been playing well. Uh, that's another guy that's that's been playing well. Like I said, the the Pelicans on court net rating with all of their rotation players is positive. Like they are not losing those minutes. Yes, some units are better than others. Some units are utterly dominant, but you can't play those units forty eight minutes a game. You and, and and if you can get away with playing, you know, eleven deep, twelve deep, and and not losing those minutes, yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? I mean the. Uh... The, the we were all pretty convinced that the where the Pelicans were going to separate themselves from the Suns on Sunday was the bench because Booker was out and so that you know the Suns are just running out of, of talent compared to the Pelicans more uh, like deeper team. But I feel like where they got where they get bit, get back into it was when the in the Alvarado Devonte Graham minutes right and that, like that's that's one of those things that the very few things that kind of feel self inflicted that you don't have to do and to, and that's kind of to your point I think he's got to be the first one you look at to 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 take you know, to, to see his minutes reduced just because they've got to come from somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's really cool this year, last year, Herb Jones was their only stopper and like only playable, like, like Najee had his moments last season, but it was um, more hit and miss than it was this season. The cons- level of consistency that Najee displayed sure. this season um, has been particularly impressive. And I think what helps Najee in these situations is being able to play with a guy like Zion is being able to have a much more talented um, unit around him. So where he doesn't have to have uh, chaotic energy and, and unstructured offense where he's tasked with, with, with lifting some of those units. Right. Um, 
and 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 that's helped a lot of players. That's also, that's helped a lot of players find their roles and and have big nights, right? Like Jose, um, Jose said, obviously he had the thirty point night, thirty eight point night against the Nuggets, but um, he gave he gave the Suns what 20, 20 points that first matchup or whatever, uh, just you know like driving down the middle of the lane, feeding off of Zion's gravity and the tension that he draws. Um, it's it's been it's 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 been awesome to see, and so. Um, yeah, man, it, it, the, the fact that they don't have to play Herb 36 minutes a game, 38 minutes a game, 48, 40 minutes a game to solely and be the only person who's capable of defending the, the best player is, uh, good for, for Herb's longevity. And I, and I think it'll, um, I think it means well, uh, or bodes well for his offensive productivity. Cause we've seen, you know, times where Drew was tasked with, with those kind of responsibilities and his offense is craters when when he has to expend that amount of energy um on, on defense and you're still seeing it in milwaukee he has nights where it's like when middleton's been out and, or um and he's just chasing some of these guys around like he'll put up a three for 14 type of night and you're like all right drew like i guess you gave us six blocks and seven steals so it's worth it <laughs> um uh yeah. but yeah i mean I'm, I'm excited i think herb's gonna find more of a shot as as those kind of uh responsibilities are are easy um, yeah. Or less yeah. Time. Yeah. I think, um, you know, you can make an argument uh, that, that Herb maybe a little bit of regression offensively this on both sides of the ball potentially. I think he was finally, I think he was really picking it up a notch right before he went out with, with his injury in the last three or four games. So he was getting back to that, that Herb Jones we knew, but offensively, I feel like the, the, you know, the opportunities weren't coming and then he was kind of relegated to, you know, I feel like he was cutting more towards the second half of last year and kind of end up more as like a spot up guy purely um, this, this season. But yeah, I would love to see what, as you, as you bring him back into the fold, you know, Willie trying to find ways to kind of to maximize his offensive role and, and kind of let him kind of let him get more comfortable there because I don't have any concerns over Herb Jones defense at this point. You know, it's, he may have, you know, peaks and valleys, but he, he is, he is that guy. There's no one that works harder on this team, but um, would love to see, you know, him start getting more comfortable on the offensive end again. I completely agree with Andrew here. I, I think I tweeted something about this. I was like, you know, you, you have to make a deep playoff run in the in the West. You're gonna have to go through Ja, uh, Bain. You're gonna have to go to Luca. You're gonna have to go through uh, Steph. You're gonna have to go through Booker, CP. Um, all of these dynamic uh, perimeter players. Perhaps you know you see Damian Lillard, uh, Jeremy Grant, those guys. Perhaps um, you know you're seeing Anthony Edwards. There's a lot of perimeter talent in the West and it's nice to be able to have 48 minutes of players. You can just throw at them making their life hell and give them different looks. You got to be scheme versatile. And, and that's something like, you know, Larry Nance was talking about um, in, in, in the post game, like, you know what they did with the Suns is you give them one look, it's not working. You shift to another look, you keep them guessing. Um, Willie green has done a really good job of sprinkling in zone every once in a while uh, to, to keep, teams off the rhythm and obviously now when they go to end of games they're switching a lot right and and they're and they're playing those small lineups and to continually have opponents think oh, okay how do we beat this coverage or which defenders are we seeing here or what are we doing here that that's taxing you know not uh over a game and you know that's that's gonna be taxing over a seven game series imagine you're in a brutal seven game series and it's, it's <laughs> her freaking jones in your pocket in your jersey and then oh okay herb checks out who's waiting for you dyson daniels naji marshall Oh, I switched off. Maybe let me let me call ISO the smallest guy on the court, Jose. Oh shit. Okay, like you know what? It's 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 absolutely crazy. And then you finally beat one of these dudes off the dribble. There's Larry waiting at the rim. Um, 
and and or Zion coming weak side, just yeah. yeah. And and Zion's been such a big part of how good their defense has been, yeah. such a big part. And and I still think we are not at the stage where we are crediting Zion for his improvements on that end. Everyone's talking about him as an MVP level player. Everyone's talking about you know the player of the week, how good he's been offensively. We are still not giving him the appropriate credit that he deserves for making an impact on on that end and his focus on that end. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that um people just can't get over the bubble, man. People can't that think those those memories are seared in in their in their head. And you know even even the first couple games like his we've talked about constantly like the the low moments of his his defensive um you know rotations or, or abilities they really stand out or they really have stood out in 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 the past but like when he's doing well when he's rotating when he's the low man tagging and recovering back to his people or performing those x outs or you know just now what he's doing is he's hunting um for for moments where he recognizes player tendencies he's just like okay like this is how y'all ran this play um earlier this game oh i know what you're about to do let me come steal the ball like i can i i know where y'all are going and so he's being a defensive event generator someone i think it was jeremy uh jeremy who tweeted out um that zion's been second in the team in deflections behind jose over this um you know like the past 10 games or so the Pelicans are second in the league overall in deflections. Like so, his his activity has ramped up um, to such a high level that he is genuinely a plus defender. Now, I, can you put him on on the league's best players and have them, you know, have him defend those guys for for thirty six minutes a game? Probably not. Can you build uh, a sustainable defense with him in it? I think a lot of those questions now are being answered in a big way. Um, that we were hoping for and that you know in, in a way that where you can start having those championship level conversations because that was always the rub can you build a defense with him in it that that is good enough to win you a championship and and to me those questions have been answered yeah i i um i i think that the concern dating back was i feel like it was less about zion individually and more about the combination of Zion and BI because both were just not like, you know, back in the bubble or a couple of years ago, both looked like not just like below average, but just like not, not barely like not even passable defenders. Now we have a year's worth of evidence last year that you can, that, that you know, BI has taken a step up defensively. He's using his length better. He's, he's not, I mean, he's like, like kind of, he's not an elite defender by any stretch, but he's, he could be part of good team defenses. And now you're seeing the same thing with Zion, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that the, that it almost I almost forgot about that kind of big foundational question because the team's been, I, I guess the CJ trade has kind of alleviated some concerns because of how potent the offense was going to be, and kind of like okay, well, you know, the defense might not be good, but as long as the offense clicks and the defense isn't like the bottom of the league, you should be okay. But now it's you know, I think you can pretty much throw out any of those concerns that that you had or, or people had about. Bi and Zion, a defense with those two guys not being sustainable. I mean, do I think that this team finishes top five in the NBA in defense this year? I'm still not there yet, but I think the team is certainly can be good enough to be a real threat to to you know to, to be a contender. Nine deflections this weekend in these two games. Nine. That's pretty wild, and we know what Larry was doing. We know Larry was all over his place with those inspector gadget arms and, you know, in every single passing lane. That's, that's, that's nuts. And, and, and I think you're right with, with the combination of with him and, and BI and, and even CJ, they've managed to put out 
good defensive units wow. with those three. And Jonas, you know, let's not forget Jonas. Every single player that they have, and you look at their on-court defensive rating, that defensive rating still ranks like if you know if that was like the team's rating overall, it would still be like a top five defense in the league, which is nuts. Every like the, like even their worst players, they've had good def- defensive units, and none of them, you know, none of them are playing truly terrible uh, on, on defense, which is which is wild, and and that's what makes it so exciting when you have the Herb Jones, the Dyson Daniels, the Najee Marshalls, uh, the Larry Nances to, to fill in. But let's 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 talk about, you know, since we're since we're on the defensive topic, I want to talk about my boy uh Dyson Daniels. Uh he has really, really captured the attention of many across the league uh in, in the media space and hopefully player space because they know he's coming for him. <laughs> if Tyson Daniels is lined up across from you wearing number 11, it's not going to be an easy night. Yeah. <laughs> one, have to work for it. One quick stab before you go to Dyson. Uh, I just, I just look at my clean the glass. So CJ Zion lineups. So I need, I need to line up with those two guys in it. You probably would have looked at that before the season and said that that lineup better score a fuck ton because the defense is not going to be good. 96 percentile defensive rating so far in the season, 872 possessions. 105.3 defensive rating. Just like, I mean, I'm blown Elite. away. Like, like we, Elite. We, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, like there, there's, there's, there's room for regression there and still being better, way better than we all expected. And, and people also, you know, we talk about people who's not received the credit that they deserve. People, people have been quick to call out CJ for his offensive struggles. Um, You know, he's been sick. He's been hurt in and out the lineup. I get it. You know, uh, I trust his body of work in his career to, to believe that he will find his way offensively. He will find a way to, to catch his rhythm and, and be who he has been his whole career. What's been the most surprising to me. And maybe again, this is something that's impacting his offense is he has been rock solid defensively. You cannot really look at when's the last time you saw a play and you're like, Oh, CJ got CJ got bullied there, or CJ was out of out of place there. Like guys aren't really going at him; they're not trying to isolate him, and and he's doing a really good job of playing within the scheme on on what he has to do. So whether he has to go over screens to push that push his guard towards the big, uh, whether he has to go under him, whether he has to be the low man, he you tell me how many situations that you can rattle off the top of your head and you'd be like, man, CJ killed them defensively this, this unit, like CJ, they, they were picking on CJ the whole night. I mean, I can't, it's, I mean, the, 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 the possessions, like the, the lineups I think of, and then situations I think of are lineups where there was, he's joined by another small, like, you know, him, him and, you know, even, even though Jose is a good defender, him and him and Jose Lyons might struggle defensively, him and Devontae Bailey might struggle defensively, but you know, and, and look, that's what he, that's what he played with for years in Portland too. And no, no disrespect to him and Dame, but like those guys were incendiary on offense, but it, it was r- routinely challenging to put a, a, a plus defense uh, together with those two guys playing together. And so the Pelicans have created a situation where they can have good defenses and CJ's bought like, like the rest of the roster, CJ's buying in. Yeah. Um, I was, since you mentioned Portland, I was going to go look at their team's Defensive rating. Yeah, the 23rd this year. They're 23rd in defense, still struggling. They got Josh Hart. They got Jeremy Grant. And whatever Nurkic is, <laughs> they got him. Uh, Gary uh, Gary Payton's not played, right? Has he played? No, so not yet. No. 
I'm sure that, that that'll probably help him. But 23rd, they've still struggled to put forth the defense. Here we are, CJ McCollum on the third best defense in the league. And at no point have you know can you say that he's been a liability. Um, but you 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 brought me off topic. We're going to Dyson, right. man. All right, let's go to Dyson. <laughs> We're going to Dyson. Okay, so um I've 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 had a lot to say about Dyson on on Twitter, uh, you know, since since the draft. Uh he's absolutely blown me away um with how good he has been. You know, the buzz with him throughout the preseason was he's gonna be ready to get minutes sooner than people anticipate. Like he's ready. Like people don't understand how physical he is. He is he's ready. Um and here we are. Dyson Daniels has been a starter in the midst of, you know, one of the Pelicans best winning streaks in, in franchise history. We, you know, we, I, I don't know what the longest one is. I know they won 10 under, under Anthony Davis um, and crew when they made the playoffs. And after Boogie went down, there was 10 in a row there. Um, but, you know, whatever that record is, Dyson Daniels has now been a part of this insane win streak. And he, the defense has been terrorizing when he's been on the court. They've asked him to step up and defend the best players in the league, the best opposing players that are lined up across from him. And he's done a tremendous job every single time at 19 years old. Um, a lot of people don't really buy into to like defensive advanced stats and I'm skeptical uh, of them myself, but anytime I can use them to push an agenda, I I'll absolutely will. He's the fourth best in the league in defensive EPM, which is absolutely wild. Completely insane. For for a nineteen year old, and you know, it was second on the Pelicans, right? It's Zion. It's Zion. Yep. <laughs> it's Zion. I know who's second. I've been watching this every single day. Um, it's it's Zion, and uh, but yeah, and and so like you know, we knew we knew about the defense. Let's talk about the offense. Passing vision, the ability to process the floor, download what's going on in an instant, and make the right read. Reminds me of someone who used to play on the Pels. Any guesses who might that be? Um, what is he? Uh, I mean, is it Lonzo? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of something like some sort of like smart comment, but uh, no, it's it's Lonzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he he has a lot of the same open court vision. Um, a lot of the same connector vision. What what separates Dyson from Lonzo is his complete lack of fear when attacking the rim. He puts his head down and gets there. Uh, he had two moments where he wanted to isolate Chris Paul, back him down, and get to the rim. He succeeded on one of them, so didn't succeed on the so uh, and the other. But it was it was you know amazing to see. Um, he has weird his, his footwork still needs to be cleaned up on, in, in my opinion and that's why it leads to like weird uh wrong-footed layups or or some you know like floaters that could probably be improved upon but again he's at right now like i think i looked i think i last checked is like true shooting was like 58 percent, which for a guy who was supposed to be offensively inept and and a project that's fantastic oh yeah that's like one of the most efficient rookies in the league right now. I, he's he's very low usage. He picks and chooses his spot. So like, don't get me wrong. He's not some kind of scoring machine, but he's not hurting you out there. He doesn't, you know, the record, the record doesn't scratch when the ball gets to him. You don't feel like he's going to make the wrong decision. Yeah. I, 
I agree with you. I was wondering if you could bring up the, the, the offensive EPM for, for Dyson Daniels, though. <laughs> oh, no, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is the inverse of the defense. <laughs> yeah, like I fine. said, we, we only use it to push agendas. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if that, the, the eye test, I, you know, I, I'm with you. I, I think that... Um, you know, I, I think that he's he's finding the right moments to impact the game. Um, and I, I haven't felt like he's making the wrong decisions, uh, you know, that often. And I feel like I feel like the, the, the negative, you know, offensive EPM probably is more about like just the relative, uh, you know, skill sets of the rest of the players on the roster and also just maybe apathy. Or not in that, like he knows when he shouldn't engage, and and knows when the other players should kind of, you know, take the lead. Um, and he's not, you know, going to get respect from defenses to, to shoot, and even though he is knocking them down. Um, so, but I, I mean, I think again, I, I don't watch him play offense and think he's he's lost, right? And and that's what's big. Yeah, yeah that I mean, play was I so think... fun. That play was so fun. <laughs> it's amazing, amazing to see. Um. You know, I I think part of the reason why the offense isn't uh, the the offensive stats don't really favor him um, that well is because even in this in this in this stretch where he's starting and he's been a starter, the Pelicans have not gotten out to good starts. Those starting units with him, Trey, uh, CJ, Jonas, and Zion, they've been mediocre offensively compared to the juggernaut they've been with other combinations, right? Like, it's not that they've been terrible. They've been, they've been fine. And then they've been like absolutely amazing. And so what the stats are looking at, it's like, okay, like when he's on the court, the offense doesn't do quite as well as when he's off of the court. And, and which is absolutely fair. And I think a part of that, part of that has been Jonas is, is, is in a little bit of a slump right now. Um, I, you know, he's, he hasn't been himself. Um, he's had a couple of tough, tough matchups. CJ was, was ineffective. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been tough to, have a completely new starting lineup, you know, because with Dyson, Trey, CJ, Z, Jonas, like those guys had never, never played before together. Um, so you're not only playing together for the first time, you're starting and you're starting against good teams. Um, they've beaten good teams with this lineup. Uh, you know, they have, they've, they've beaten Denver now. They've, they've now beaten what's this, uh, you know, Phoenix twice. And so maybe Dallas with, with just, I mean, the, the down, down the lineup players and Dyson was, Dyson was a part of that game. Right. And, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's been a process and they're figuring it on the fly. And, and I expect there to be some positive regression coming on JV's play on CJ's play. That's, that's going to like, you know, the, the sample size on those, those Dyson new starting units is still so small that you can have uh, an eight minute stretch where they make four threes in a row. And all of a sudden the offensive um, rating for that whole unit uh, and, and every minute they've played is ballooned to me from mediocre to elite. So it's, you know, it's not something I'm, I'm terribly concerned about. And it's not something we need to be concerned about because at some point, presumably Brandon Ingram is going to play basketball again. Yeah. 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 I mean, like the most common lineup uh, with that Dyson Daniels has been in is CJ Dyson, Trey Zion and Jonas. There is no r- rational explanation. That lineup wouldn't just be flames offensively, right? Like, He's playing with just like bucket getters, um, and it's a thirty. What are they shooting pers- from three? Um, I don't know. I'm still doing four factors, but they're. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a thirty first percentile offensive rating. I mean, in, in 123 possessions, like there's no you can't explain that besides small sample size. That's it. I mean, like that that lineup should be incredible offensively. 
Yeah, um, I would. Gotta, I would say they're like if I had to guess, yeah. they're shooting under thirty percent from three. Right. Yeah. And um, and you know they're just a few made threes away from that being nutty. Um, I I really like this comment. The game, uh, from Jamarius, he says the game almost doesn't start. Wait, you're right. By the way, sorry. Um, zeroth is percentile. Is that how you say it? Zeroth percentile shooting <laughs> from three point range. Eighteen point four percent from three. That's what I'm saying, and that's what Trey and CJ in the lineup. Look, look, yeah, look, look. Regression, regression is coming, and the league is in trouble when the Pelicans start hitting shots. I'm telling you, the league is going to be trouble. I, 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 I listen to these podcasters who charge a lot of money for their premium podcast talk about how the Pelicans um, are fluky because of opponent three-point shooting, and you can't trust in their defense and all that kind of stuff. They never give us the benefit of the doubt when when, when we're talking about the Pelicans' own shooting or, you know, when they, there's nights when Phoenix makes 22 threes and still loses the ball game. Um, I don't want to hear it. Regression is coming. Anyways, uh, Jamarius, Jamarius uh, says the game almost doesn't start until Nazi and Hoje yeah, get that. on the floor. Yeah, I think at this point everyone's like, "Yeah, okay, you know, we started. Okay, yeah, game's kind of close. When's Jose checking in? When's Nazi checking in?" And how crazy is that, man? Like that this team has is stacked with like scoring talent between, and I know Ingram's been hurt, but Bi, Zion, CJ, Jonas, and it's like, where's Jose? <laughs> where's Nazi? Like that's how that's just, how fun this team is. It's it's wild because you know you just know. Like the bench is coming in to kick ass. Like yeah. someone, like the 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 game literally starts when those two get on the floor, and and something wild is about to happen within like forty seconds of those guys, you know, hitting the hardwood. And uh, yeah, I know. I, I, following up here with Andrews, it certainly doesn't start with a crowd till Jose gets and he gets the people going. Yeah, it's kind of like you know the first half of the quarter, people are still trickling into the Smoothie King Center. They buying their their popcorns, their their smoothies or whatever they get them from the concessions. Um, their 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 nachos with the with the pre processed cheese and the the seven pieces of um, jalapenos that you might get on them. Wow! <laughs> and then the you know, by about six minutes into the first quarter, everyone settled in. The lower bowls filled up. People have found their seats. Jose's checked in, and the crowd's going nuts. You know, yeah. like he's yeah. done something. Whether he's like uh, done his trademark steal, hit a crazy three, drawn a charge, he's done something in in that moment. And you're just like, yep, the show has begun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just I, at some point we got a shout out, and we've kind of done it lately. But the if you look at these guys and like the draft, I mean, obviously the, the drafting's been great, but also I mean, with Jose undrafted, Najee undrafted, right? And, and so like you've got these two guys, the, the the amount of money the Pelicans are spending on just these bench guys who are just totally game changers is is unbelievable, and and. You know, they're, they're getting such good bang for their buck productivity wise. Um, and it's again, good, good on the front office for being able to find talent this way. I mean, it, it allows you to make mistakes, you know, it allows you to, um, to miss on like, a, I think, you know, we can probably say that the, the, the at this point, Devonte Graham trade was not optimal. Right. I mean, like that, but it, it doesn't, it hasn't hurt you. And one of the reasons it hasn't hurt you is because you're finding guys on minimum contracts like this who can go and go in and change the game. And so um, I, it's, it's been, it's been huge. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's easy to look at this and be a party pooper and be like, Oh, they're going to have to pay the tax at some point. They can't keep all of these guys. And I think, Anybody who's going down that stretch right now, you know what? You're you have the right to do so. 
you, you can talk about that stuff. But I encourage folks at this moment to savor it. Yeah. Take it all in. Front office will figure out what they need to do. If they need to pay the tax and then Ms. B has to cut the check, they'll figure it out. If they have to, if some guys have to end up somewhere else, they'll figure it out. At, at this point, I believe they've earned our trust uh, to make those decisions. And in this moment in time with the Pelicans being 18 and 8, those aren't fruitful discussions to me um, because that's talking about a future that has not come about yet. And that future may look very, very different should the Pelicans continue to win at this pace. I think that changes the outlook on many things. Um, yeah, for sure. So, so you'll have to so, pay a first round pick this year, next year anyway, so they can spend that money on the tax. It's all good. <laughs> You know, if they if they sell some of these second round picks coming up uh, to 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 pad Miss B's wallet here, um, then then, you know, I, I would expect some tax tax stuff coming up soon. But you, know, I think the one thing I will say about the tax is like you do have to be a little bit careful about starting the repeater clock this season. Yeah. So if you make a trade this season that gets you into the tax, you have to be a little bit careful. But. I think there are enough I, ways I around it that I, I just I'm not concerned. I don't care. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. care. It's I'll let John Hollinger talk about that point that he's tired. <laughs> Nate Duncan can talk about it. That's not when 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 it becomes an issue, I will talk about it. When when it prevents them from doing uh, a move uh, or paying someone, I will talk about it. And if they deserve criticism for it, they'll get it. If they deserve praise for it, they will get it. Right now, that's all hypothetical crap. I'm not here for it. Um, what I am here for is is asking you. Lakers we talked slander. about this. <laughs> we talked about this uh, on the last podcast. I'm going to ask you again. The Pelicans are continuing to win. Do you ex- explore an all-in type move to to push your chips in and go for go for the ring this season? Yeah, I I, I feel like that was the. That was the response last time too. Yeah, I just want to see if you're still you know, strongly. <laughs> On strongly what planet would that interchange in the opposite direction? After I don't know. Two games we just I, don't know. I, I think there are people who who see this team and be like, "We don't need to. We let's just play this out. Let's see how this goes, and 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 see what the natural end of this season is, and taking that data and make the decision. And and I don't know if you know in that amount of time you just are so all in on this group of guys and be like, fuck it. I'm riding with, with, with Jose and Najee and, and Herb Jones. And we're going to a parade on Canal street in, Look, in July. I, this, this team's got a lot, uh, just a, a surplus of assets right now. And they would be doing a disservice to themselves and their title chances if they didn't, you know, think about certain moves. And so I am enjoying this in the moment, but uh, this team is, I mean, you heard it on JJ Reddick's uh, podcast. He said they're, he's, confident that they're a top three team in the West and he thinks that they can make the finals and like more and more, more and more people are saying that it's not just new Orleans, you know, media. I mean, national folks are saying this and, and, you know, you, you saw some of the analytics before the season. So, I mean, th- this team was projected to win a bunch of games. I'm just, you know, with the guys they had and you're, you're seeing it play out in real time now. And there's, you know, they've got a shot here. I mean, and, and so they've got to operate as such in, until, you know, something happens that should change that trajectory. Yeah, uh, I just want to comment on this. 
One, I hope those dudes get paid every penny they deserve. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, yeah. I, I, you know, I can't stand here and be like they should take discounts. They're already getting paid um, the league minimum and 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 far out producing that. So I, get, I hope they get paid every penny they deserve. But secondly, I don't. When have the Heat ever taken a hometown discount? Like Riley's given out some terrible ass contracts in his life. Look at look at Duncan Robinson just wasting away right I, now. My guess would be like the LeBron Wade Bosch team. They all took a little bit less money to be to, to play together. But that's that's like, <laughs> yeah, but that's baby. like <laughs> LeBron. You know, Najee is LeBron. Jose is Wade. <laughs> Gotta um, love it. <laughs> nah, man. Y- y'all don't remember the Dion Waiters contract. The they, they yeah the the Heat have given out terrible contracts year after year after year. They're sitting on multiple terrible contracts right now, including Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson. They hardly have any assets to make any real improvements. I am strongly eyeing Bam Adebayo and hoping to pry that dude from their team um, at whatever cost it takes. Although you know I don't think they're going to do that. The Heat will probably make some dumb. Mm, dumb is not the right board. The Heat will probably make some marginal move at the deadline for for like Sadiq Bay or PJ Washington, some four, and they'll probably win you know a few games in the Heat culture propaganda will pop up. Yes, Tyler Johnson, <laughs> Tyler Johnson and James Johnson, absolutely terrible contracts. They have they, they just had have had terrible cap work um, for the last decade. Um, anyways, yeah, the Heat culture propaganda bullshit will pop up and they'll fizzle out in the playoffs if they make it there. And we'll have no real direction of future as Jimmy Butler puts on a thousand more miles on his busted knees. And uh, yeah, Kyle Lowry also continues. To that's my, that's Damn. my, that's my, Damn, heat, you went all in on the heat there, man. Like I was like, I, I was like, I, you know, you know, it's, it, you know, it's common to, to Mickey Harrison, but like, damn, that's a, uh... they, they, they haven't done anything to deserve my ire. I just, I got that. That was a little out of character. <laughs> I got carried away. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just really I want Bam. Like, I, that would be, that would be, I mean, that's, that would be wild. <laughs> this is a really good question for me. Who who would you prefer in a vacuum? Uh, Bam, but it's, I mean, for this team, it's not, for this team, it's easy for me, Bam. For, is it? Yes. Um, I, sh- it's a lot closer for your, you know, for random team. Like, I don't know. I Why think, do you, I, mean. I think I go with Aiden. Um, we, we were talking about it in, in a vacuum, so I'm not going to bring in the cost, even though I think Aiden would be cheaper to acquire than Bam. Um, cost wise, he doesn't yep. have that all-star title. He doesn't have the, the all NBA title. He doesn't have those accolades yet uh, to also, where, you know, it's, it's not like what happened over the summer is gone, right? I mean, like right. So I think you know, in 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 a material world, that is um, an important distinction. But since we're only talking about in a vacuum, the reason the reason I'm going with Aiden is I think his efficiency at his usage is just so much better than than Bam's, and he gives you. I I genuinely think this team would be unguardable. If they had Aiton's lob threat, roll threat, um, ability to finish in, in in the paint and those and those that mid range um, jumper of his, and that's something I've done a complete one eighty on since this summer. Uh, this summer, I I was very skeptical about maxing him, investing assets in a big, 
um, going into the tax, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now, you know, I see from a salary standpoint, Jonas Devante Jackson works. Jonas Devante Kyra works. So if I'm taking Jonas, upgrading him to Aiton, and then only, you know, getting rid of, not getting rid of, that's not the right words, but, you know, um, only including uh, non-rotation players or end-of-rotation players to make that trade happen along with picks, then that's such an attractive uh, option to me, even though that would put them in tax territory. Um, if if they do it, I think, I don't know, I'll have, to, I'll have to run the numbers, but there's probably a way for them to do it this season and not hit the tax. Uh, but it's dicey. <laughs> and, and, and I think it would involve um, finding a home for one of Cairo or Jackson, whoever's not included in that trade and replacing, signing a bunch of like, you know, you'd sign EJ, you would sign some other, like you become buyout market. The Pelicans are, are going to be a buyout market team. If they continue to play at the level they're playing. Hell yeah. Hell Which yeah. Is fucking crazy. <laughs> That's Hell never yeah. been us. You know? But yeah, I think I think the the separator for me between Aiden and Bam, even though Bam is is a better defensive player, um, is I can get more out of Aiden on a lower usage, and and build my team around that. Where I think Bam's more of a touches guy, and he likes to facilitate the ball. He likes to do his Al Horford, um, you know, he likes to be a handoff merchant. Um, put it straight together, some some dribble moves and, and and all that kind of stuff. Not saying that is something I don't want on this team because if Bam Adebayo was on this team, I would already be like reserving my my championship parade spot uh, wherever wherever that parade's going to go down. Um, it, this is since we're only speaking on two players. Uh, I, I think the lower usage with Aiton um, is is a little bit more attractive to me. Yeah, I've got a lot. It's that's a it's a really phenomenal question. I mean, I think um, I, a lot of, a lot of thoughts about it because on the on one hand, I you know you can make an argument any any big that CB three plays a lot with is going to have a almost have this like maybe look better than he really is. But then like you watch DeAndre Ayton play, I, I don't know. DeAndre Ayton can can doesn't need Chris Paul to be a good offensive player, and you, and you saw that against the Pelicans in the playoffs. You saw. You know, you saw that in a couple well, games. Chris Paul recently. missed like the first 15 games of the season, basically. I mean, yeah. he missed like 10. I don't know how many he missed. He missed a bunch. And uh, uh, him and Booker, you know, they were winning, 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 winning to, to this first seed. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think when I look at Aiden, he's like the one guy where I'm like, oh, those non-Zion units, <laughs> y'all are in trouble. Because the Zion units, no matter who you put out there, like they're going to be fine, right? And I think yeah. if you run a big, big pick and roll with Zion and Aiden, it's game over. He's never – I mean, he had Jackson as a lob threat, but Jackson's not like – Jackson's not aware enough in space on, on how to run a proper pick and roll oftentimes in the way that <clears throat> Aiden is. You can't just like toss the ball down to Jackson if he has a small on him and Jackson's going to like rise up and, 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 and make it. Small or big. Jackson's just not going to so, score in that fashion. But yeah, I, I think I, with the non – yeah, no, I, I, and I know the question was kind of in a vacuum, but the, the point you just made about how the Zion labs are going to be fine is kind of exactly why I think I, I would go with Bam. Um, is just because you know, I, I think the offense, the, the Zion offenses, offense is more sustainable than this defense against in, deep in the playoffs against really good teams, and so that's why you know, I think Bam is the right choice for the Pelicans. Um, just because I, I'm not. 
an offense with Zion and Bam, I, I'm not concerned about the offense not doing it because Zion's proven time and time again that he can do it. And so, but I think Bam rat, would rather this this team defensively and just take it to another level. Um, but I, geez, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Aiden's been really good this year, and you're right. I mean, the the contract is a lot of money, but so far he's proven that he's worth it. The other thing Aiden does is he rebounds better. True. So Definitely that's true. that's the only thing. Um yeah. and and he can he that's can critical. be a monster. I mean, he's really good on the offensive glass either and, and and when he chooses to be a monster on the offensive glass, it's it's a different story. Um yeah, I mean, really good question. I think yeah. I don't think there's a wrong answer cuz both of them are phenomenal players. Yeah. And 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 I will admit I have done a 180 on Aiden's fit on this team. I was not not about it totally with it cuz like if a guy like if if you had Brandon Ingram and Aiden pick and rolls or CJ and Aiden pick and rolls, they would be murder and money every single time. And and that's what I'm thinking about. Um, you know, when I, when I see his fit and 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 you add Zion to that mix, it's just it's big trouble. I just don't think any team Zion Aiden, yeah, Zion Aiden pick and rolls and Zion throwing lobs to Aiden. <laughs> you no imagine? team, <laughs> no team would have an answer for for that combination. And I think the defense, you could layer in the wings as, however you wanted to to make the defense work any way you wanted to. Yeah. 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 yeah good question. Really, really good question. Um, you know, we've 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 hit we've hit the hour mark, and I think I'm I think we've we've covered a lot of stuff. Hopefully we can continue to talk about how the Pelicans are winning after this Utah stint. Hopefully we get Brandon Ingram back soon too. Um Herb Jones coming back. Looking forward to this trip. But uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna call it here. Uh, do a quick shout out to our friends <clears throat> at DraftKings who sponsor this podcast. So, if you haven't downloaded the DraftKings app, please download DraftKings Sportsbook. You know you can put five dollars on any NBA money line and win up to one hundred fifty dollars in free bets. You use the promo code Boot B O O T. Let me get this promo code up on our screen. Um, I don't know how we do it, but anyways, use the promo code BOOT. There we go. It's on our screen. Mason with the magic here. Um, And that's if you place a $5 (laughs) bet on any NBA money line, you get $150 in free bets. Um, Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. You must be 21 older uh, to to do this. If you or anyone you know uh, has any gambling issues, problems, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. So appreciate it. Thanks, y'all.